Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Welcome to episode 11 of the People of Packaging podcast. It's Adam and I. This is the wrap-up session. In this episode, we're going to go through some uh, highlights from season one um, with the interesting guests that we've had and pretty much wrap up season one and set up for season two in 2020. That's right. Let that beat drop, Ted. Let's do it. So let's go through these episode clips. Okay. All right. I think one of the things you asked, how did I get into this industry? And what I would say to anyone is that um, I took this job thinking that I would be there for a few years until I found something else. Mm -hmm. And really what happened is I fell in love with the creativity that goes into printing and, and packaging. Meaning that I could be a businesswoman, a young entrepreneur. I could create new business, which fed into that, that hunting that I'd like to do, going out and meeting and networking and, and being with customers. I could also feed my own creativity of creating things that don't exist, mm-hmm. uh, looking for what customers were looking for and then problem solving. Um, I could then turn around and take those you know, same loves and then turn it into manufacturing, which it's really cool to come up with an idea, talk to a customer about it, find out that that's what they want and then figure out how to manufacture it. Uh, packaging was a, supposed to be a short term job, but she fell in love with uh, printing and packaging and she's been in it for a number of years. Yeah, that was a great, uh, that was a great interview with Paulette when, uh, when Ted, I remember when we were talking about this podcast, she was one of the first people that I thought about. And, you know, unfortunately, we were still figuring stuff out in terms of our uh, quality and things like that on the audio. But um, she is such a dynamic person. And, you know, I've um, since that interview, actually, um, even since our last episode, I have had a job change. And so Paulette and I were uh, were coworkers. We're still friends um, I've got a ton of uh, close friends over there at WS Packaging. Um, you know, I'm excited for the next step in my career at uh, Fortis Solutions. But, um, you know, when Paulette's talking about getting into packaging as kind of a short-term career, I think there's a lot of people who can who can resonate with that. I certainly could. I thought it, this was just a thing to do because I needed, to, I needed a job um, and that eventually I was going to go do you know, whatever I was passionate about. Um, did you kind of have a similar, a similar reaction when you heard that? Oh yeah, Paulette? definitely. You know, this was short term until my music career took off and, you know, we're, we're 20 something years in. So, <laughs> it, but the difference is, is, uh, you know, people get into it and there is some kind of emotional connection because you, we, we heard a lot of our interviewees talk about their passion for the packaging, for the mm-hmm. printing, for design. And that's what I think drives most of the people in this industry. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you'll see a lot of people write about this. At least it's been coming up a lot recently where 
people are saying, you, you know, don't, you don't necessarily follow your passion. Um, you, you, you do the things that you enjoy for sure, but sometimes your passion sort of finds you. Um, and I think that's a lot of the genesis of this podcast is that nobody's really waking up saying, Hey, what I want to do, uh, outside of really Jonathan, I think Jonathan Quinn was kind of the only one that was like, you know, this is how I would like, I, my, you know, my dad, I think his granddad was in it and stuff like that. But, um, I think most people find their passion and packaging for various reasons and it just sort of becomes that, uh, that avenue. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess to the people who are kind of young in their careers, I know we got a lot of people who have been uh, subscribing and listening who are in college. Uh, you may not feel that passion right now, um, but it can certainly come, I think, for sure. Yeah, definitely. If you explore once you get into it, you know, so many different avenues that there's bound to be something that you enjoy more than others. And that could lead to that passion. Yep, yep. All right. So what's our, uh, what's our next lesson learned? Next lesson learned was sometimes in life, you have to pick the shortest line. <laughs> that was from our friend, Brandy Parker. Brandy. Yep. In her, uh, the way she decided what to major in in college, she really wanted to be an art major, but the line was too long. Like I mentioned, when I went to college, it was funny because I considered majoring in music when I went there. But at the time, and this is again before the internet, mm-hmm. the way that you chose your major is you chose a line to get in. And there was a, at the, um, what do you call it? At the... Registrar. Yeah, sort of the first day kind mm-hmm. of... Um, oh, orientation. Orientation, that's, that's it. Yes. At orient, Why couldn't I think of that word? At orientation, there were several tables and each table represented a major. And you could go to undeclared if you wished, but that line was really long. <laughs> of course. Or you could go to, you know, obviously anything else. It's, it's a liberal arts college, so they had a little bit of everything. And I saw the art line. There was three people in that line. I saw the music line. There was like 50 people in that line. So I got in the art line. <laughs> You're just not patient. <laughs> and that's literally how I chose my major. Wow. So that's, that's sometimes it's the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's worked out for her. So, uh, yeah. Hey, by the way, while we're on the, the, just the topic of Brandy, um, her episode had, uh, the second most amount of, downloads actually of of all of them so number one was episode number one with oh, ted tate get out yeah uh 300 300 people were like i want to listen to ted tate on episode number one. Oh, brandy wow. was at 286 okay not that it's a um, competition but <laughs> but but you know it kind of is uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, and, and a lot of that too with Brandy, uh, you know, I would even say a big, uh, you know, kind of a huge shout out to Pearl Fisher, um, because Pearl Fisher did a great job of taking the content and, and sending it out to, through all of their channels as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, and that's another kind of avenue that I didn't even think about with the podcast is for brands and for individuals to have content that they can share. Cause there's not really a lot of places that create 
media content, um, especially in a podcast form for our industry. So, yeah, um, it's a great group over there. Yeah. Yeah. And Brandy was awesome. Um, that was literally when people asked me about the podcast, just like friends and family. And I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're going to be down with the packaging podcast, but, uh, you are not down with the POP. Um, (laughs) but, but I'm like, but if you want to listen to one, uh, I would check out Brandy's. It was, it was very well done. So, um, yeah. And that lesson on, you know, sometimes we just sort of wander into this thing and, um, amongst many things that she shared, but that was something that really stuck out to me as well. Was there anything else from Brandy's episode that you really felt, so you, I mean, you did the interview yeah. um, that really stuck with you, or is that kind of the main thing? No, I mean, for, for just Brandy in general, she's, uh, you know, open to exploring. And, you know, through that, she was able to find different things that, you know, fed off of each other. So from learning uh, traditional print, she saw how it translated into you know, the other aspects of, of designing packaging and printing on packaging, um, mm-hmm. you know, labels. She, she just, one thing fed into the next and then continued to feed right. into the next. And, and now she's, you know, head of realization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The head, the head of realization. Um, all right, right on. Uh, so lesson number three, Dr. Hurley, Dr. Hurley gave us uh, a great uh, example about packaging's impact on the price point of a product with his uh, example about basil. You know, I, I just think that in general, packaging is awesome. And I mean, when when I think about the products in the marketplace, I, I what I see is, is packaging and packaging is what differentiates products. And, you know, just a quick case study. If you wanted to buy basil in the marketplace, you'd go to the spice aisle, right? And mm-hmm. you would, you know, start looking for basil and they're, they're all packaged in approximately the same volume. And if you buy basil in a flexible packaging, you know, it costs about 71 cents an ounce, but the, the same exact amount of basil put into a, uh, you know, a kind of rigid, uh, you know, bottle that has a liner on it. You can take off the closure and sprinkle it on as you use it. That costs for the same, you know, price per ounce, you know, over $3. And then right next to that is the exact same basil in like a glass package with a grinder integrated. And you'll pay over $5 per ounce for that exact same product. And to me, that's that's super exciting. To me, that looks like to, a world of opportunity and uh, a very creative space that you can you know work within to bring and test uh, all types of innovations within marketplaces. And uh, you know you don't have to really worry about bringing unique products to the market. I think that people really react and respond to the packaging and the messaging of your product uh, just as much as to the quality of that product. So that fact alone is super exciting to me. Right. Um, yeah. And that was, uh, I think I mentioned this on the episode, but that was take two. That was the biggest, uh, that was one of the biggest snafus that I've had where I was on site at Clemson live and I just didn't turn the microphone on. What a, and I didn't even check that it was turned on. 
like a total rookie oh, yeah. mistake. But yeah, he was he was kind enough to jump on the phone and do that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing in cosmetics, that's even something that you would really resonate with. I know that he talked a lot about, you know, basil. Um, but in, in cosmetics, I mean, packaging is, is, is one of the, 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 it's a huge value add. It's the draw, Um, you know, it's what pulls people in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, he, even at, uh, at Clemson, I know they talk a lot about the kind of the psychology of packaging and the moment of decision on a retail shelf and how, how packaging actually drives revenue, um, you know, not just functionally and a price point, like what he talked about, but also just right. psychologically. Um, and I think, I think there are people who get it. And I think there's a lot of people who just don't packaging is just trash. It's just a thing to, it's just annoying <laughs> thing to throw away. Um, but you know, in, in terms of yeah. cosmetic, basil, you really do get the example with basil. Right. If it's something flexible, you don't mm-hmm. think about it being high priced, you know, versus it being in glass with a, you know, some kind of, um, you know, device to, to chop it up. You know, it's a perception of value and that drives the cost. So it's, it's the same in, in cosmetics because if you have this great formula, but it's in a very cheap package, you know, People think it's cheap, you know. They're gonna spend money and and feel like right. they didn't get their money's worth. So, it, yep. You know, it's another one actually that I thought about um, was uh, is water bottles, and I never thought about this until uh, I was at the convenience store this last week, and I had about a two hour drive, and I was in the car, and I could not find a water bottle with the flip cap that just lets me drink and then flip the cap back down. All the water bottles were the twist caps. And I was so, I didn't even realize that about myself. I was so frustrated. And I, because just as a consumer, if I'm going to be drinking water in the car, I don't want to have to use, you know, put the bottle between my legs and twist the cap off and then drink and then get it back on. It's just too much work. Oh, but you can't do that now anyway, because they've lightweighted the bottle so much. Right. That if you try to, hold it while driving and unscrew it, you, you, you're going to have a wet lap. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's the truth. That and, uh, and wine, I've seen a lot more wine and, and twist tops. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, the other day someone brought over a bottle of wine. I had to, I'm like, you didn't buy the twist top. <laughs> uh, it's, well, it sounds so ridiculous and lazy, but when I go, I will actually look for it. Um, and I don't know what that means for the quality of wine. I'm not a wine connoisseur or anything like that, but, right. um, but it's it, just it, funny it, how I know, I know Pat, like I know that that's a thing and yet I opt for the convenience yeah. and probably pay more for it. You probably do. Yep. But that's the psychology of packaging. Yes, sir. All right. The All next right. we had, uh. The group from Interact Boulder, the interview that you did, lively interview. Oh, man. That was fun, yeah. That was a good group. Um, and their main thing was designing for, for consequence, which I, I thought was very interesting uh, about mm-hmm. packaging, not just being pretty on the shelf, but needing to be functional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you had a very good example 
uh, from back in your college days at 2 a.m. at Walgreens. Right. POP displays. We see it as like so many agencies design for design's sake. And design isn't, there's some design is timeless, but not all design is. And what's trending now may not be trending in five years. And so we pride ourselves on designing for consequence. You know what I mean? How do we shake up that shelf? How do we create something that doesn't follow all the tropes and the norms of the category? And it's designed with strategy in mind, you know? And how do we create strategic design that leads to increase in sales? So it's not just about the design (laughs) alone. It's about that consequence that we create within the category. Right. At the end of the day, it can be pretty, but it also has to work on shelf. It's got to do something. (laughs) Yeah, and it has to be... You have to be able to make it. Like yeah. I, my my first job out of college, I was working at Walgreens, and I worked the overnight shift at Walgreens, and I would get these intricate, beautiful point of purchase displays. And I'm a 22 year old kid mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. and I'm like, nope. <laughs> just, and and I was just, you know, I've, I've told this story before on on the podcast actually. I was just chucking them, yeah. just into the recycling bin. These are like 25 to 40 dollar wow. intricate, you know. And I'm just like, nah. and I would just take the product out and I'd go put it on the shelf. So there's a component of it that's like, it also has to be It has to be functional. functional. Yeah. And that, I have to say, is a big difference that I can see coming from advertising where packaging wasn't the focus. And in agencies I've been at, we would do beautiful packaging, like amazing designers doing beautiful work. But the products never really lasted. And yeah. the difference here is it's designing beautiful packaging, but also packaging that is functional and that works mm-hmm. on the shelf. Yeah. And so, not just for a year, but for years to come. Right. Yeah, long-lasting brand. Yeah, man, those things are brutal when they're not designed functionally. Um, and especially when you really take into consideration, you know, I'm, it was my first job out of college. You know, I'm 22 years old and I'm working the overnight shift. And all of a sudden you get this, this store, in-store promotion you got to set up. And you're looking at this and you're like, there's no way I'm doing this at two o'clock in the morning. I mean, that's literally, I don't know how many times I had that thought. Wow. Like I'm taking the product, I'm putting it on the shelf. Um, and you know, sometimes you just didn't even have floor space. You didn't even have a place to put it. And so this, this idea, and, and then later on when I got into packaging and I realized how much these things cost, I was like, Oh geez, <laughs> like people are spending a lot of money on this stuff. And I was just, chucking it now i was responsible i put it in the recycling bin um but yeah i mean but when it was easy to set up or in some cases it was already pre-filled and set up and i just had to cut the box and then i didn't have to stack a sh- like stock a shelf i would find anywhere to put that thing just right. you know set it up yeah i picked the shortest line right yeah. i mean it was absolutely <laughs> absolutely path of least resistance Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, designing for that consequence, I think is a great point. And, you know, the the folks that interact Boulder do a great job on, on in-store food uh, packaging. They, they live and breathe it there. It's uh, uh, one of these days we'll fly you out to Boulder and you can go, uh, you can go meet them because it, it's a, it is a lively culture Mm -hmm. there. um, And they really are passionate about, about that that idea and that concept of of designing packaging for for consequence and some of it's going to be driven by marketing and sales and some of it's just what's the, you know with the consequence of the food and the consequence of the environment and stuff like that right but they were definitely passionate about packaging 
Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, we could have kept talking. Yeah. It's definitely their culture. You could tell. Yep. Then we had, uh, Vilio Matos, uh, great discussion, great interview. Very interesting. Um, but the thing that kind of jumped out at me, um, in relation to packaging and just life in general, um, you know, he was talking about sketching and hand sketching just to get your ideas out there and get them flowing. And it allows you to quickly build and begin the iterations of a design just by, you know, showing your sketches to people and collaborating. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought it was very interesting because, you know, we all, you know, have excuses why we haven't shown something to people because it wasn't perfect or it wasn't ready. And he was just like, just show it. Right. Because you never know what that leads to. It's something I always look back on um, because today in terms of packaging, like all, like I'm sitting with, you know, with a client and immediately I just grab a pen and paper and I start sketching. Right. Let's talk about, uh, let's, let's identify what your, what the hurdles are that we're trying to overcome. Right. You know, can I sketch, you know, can I sketch that problem? Right. Can I physically, can I visibly see this issue? Is it the, the pack is too tight? Is it that the bottles are breaking because there's not enough cushion on the bottom? You know, I want to see it so that I can show it to the client and be like, this is what we're solving for. And I think when you can create something visual for somebody to react to, it makes it a lot easier than explaining something to them. I was at, um, I was at MSU um, not too long ago speaking to, you know, speaking to the packaging um, the, the packaging students, and it was like, I did one, I did two, I did two keynotes. My my first presentation was on just the process and sketching and how to you know how to get these ideas out. And afterwards, and all these students come up to me going, you know, I sketch all the time, but I never show anybody. Um, I just use those you know for myself, and I kind of build. I'm like, no, you've got to you've got to take those sketches and you have to show people. You have to take them. They're like, oh, but I don't but I don't sketch well or like, it doesn't matter. It's like if you can put your ideas on paper, you can move your project along so much faster. It's like, just get them, get them out there, show them to your professors, show them to your clients um, and have a dialogue over that. Right. Cause then when you get to you know, the, the CAD stations, that's just another tool, right? You don't want to, you don't want right. to design something with that tool. You want to just execute with that. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I still get messages from people going, hey, take a look at this sketch. Uh, what do you think of this? And, you know, I give them feedback. So I, I, I get, I mean, my email is full of design students and packaging designers reaching out, asking questions. Um, so just, it just, it's funny to me, um, just this love of, of packaging and um, just the process behind it. And, and, and I'm just hoping to get more people excited about it. You know, it's a good correlation to, you know, this podcast you know, and Adam calling me up to say, Hey, we should do a podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I knew nothing about podcasts, barely even listened to a whole one. And we jumped right into it. Yeah. I mean, and that's that just that idea, not just in packaging. Um, you know, for me, I've been, I've been pretty, uh, I've taken that all the way through like to, to just like social, we'll call it, you know, social influence or social branding or whatever it is. And, you know, I'll have people hit me up all the time and be like, Hey, we're, you know, you just, I saw your video. Like I could never, I could never put out a video on LinkedIn. I'm like, who, who cares? 
I mean, really, it's not, you have a phone. And if, if you have, if you are passionate about something, don't just put a phone up to your face and be like, hi, I'm going to tell you about my, my product. And so, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it's like, but if you're, if you're actually passionate about it, I think that that passion will come through, um, in, in, in a video and doesn't have to be perfect. doesn't have to be polished. Um, but get your ideas out there. Um, if you don't, who, who will, I mean, right. I don't know. It's one of the great equalizers of the internet. So I think you said your, your CEO has a, has a quote along those lines. Yeah, and, and honestly, I, I, I normally would not quote my CEO. I like him, but I would not, not normally quote him. But in this case, it's it's a, a quote that resonates with me where he just says, don't let perfection stand in the way of progress. And you right. know, if we waited until we had the perfect microphones and perfect platform to work on, we never would have launched a podcast. Or we, it'll still yeah. be in the works, you know, versus reaching over a thousand people and, you know, making some awesome connections. Yeah. By the way, 2,350 to be exact for our first, uh, for our first season on nine different platforms. Uh, Let's see our biggest day we had, or I'm sorry, our biggest week was the week of October 16th. There were 113 uh, total plays that week. So, and I don't know how this stuff is all tracked, but, um, and it's over like 30 something countries, whether that's VPN or people are actually logging in. I, I don't, I don't really know, but it's still pretty crazy to think about it. That is. And what did we say? If we get to a hundred listens for the season, we'd be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. We set the bar yeah. really low. Oh man. Cause we didn't know, right? Right. We had no idea. Just get it out there and see what happens. So yeah, definitely we were, we were doing what Avilio was, uh, was preaching already. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, even though you weren't down with the POP displays back in your Walgreens days, uh, Rhonda Foster, <laughs> she's down with POP. Yeah. It, which is perfect that you're into, uh, point of purchase displays. The podcast is the People of Packaging mm-hmm. podcast, so it is the right the POP exactly podcast. Um, now, do you ever get into meetings? Because this is a big problem of mine in the packaging world. I'm a, I'm a big '90s hip hop <laughs> okay. fan, and so anytime I yes. hear like POP O-P-P, or OPP yes. or BOPP, there's a lot of things. I just that, okay. I'm a music person in general, so there's a lot of things people say in my my. I just go right to the music, so <laughs> that's just yeah. But I, okay. I agree. It's there's a there the OPP and just yeah, definitely. It it's is. all over the place. It seems to come up constantly. <laughs> and there's the yeah the uh, the institute of packaging. There's so many anagrams in the industry um, too. So. <laughs> oh, it's exhausting. I was in a meeting today actually, and. We had to kind of stop and be like, "Wait a second, do you understand what we're talking about?" Because we just rattled off a whole bunch of stuff, and they were like, "Maybe they don't know what all this stands for." (laughs) Yes, but I like you. So I was, uh, I got to present on um, the the idea of the podcast before it launched at this networking group that I'm a part of called One Million Cups, and uh, just a quick plug for it's a it's a large organization, 1 million cups is, and, um, it's, it's put on by the Kauffman foundation. And I, I really enjoy it. The people who go there are, are incredible. 
uh, it's not really like a pitch event, uh, but it's more of a, a of a real networking event. The guy that runs ours calls it um, AA for entrepreneurs. <laughs> and so I was I was there just saying, hey, I, we've got this idea, and uh, and and this guy Ben, who's a friend of mine, uh, who's who's in the packaging industry as well. It's just him and I at this thing. He comes up to me and he's like, "You've got to interview Rhonda. Um, you know, she's she's dynamic. She knows what she's doing. Uh, she's in the packaging space." And so, um, yeah, she was one of the first interviews I think I did. Um, and you know, we still have. There's probably some people who are like, "Hey, I did I did an interview in like June of 2019, and is it ever going to come? It'll come out yeah. eventually. <laughs> like we're trying to." We're trying to get through some of the stuff, but I think I interviewed her in like March, March or April of 2019. Um, and obviously like we're, as we're kind of figuring this thing out, that's what we're doing. But um, yeah, I mean, that whole idea of, uh, of designing, you know, these, these POP displays, it was, it was cool to have this, uh, this bond that you and I formed over, over hip hop music <laughs> and to have the, uh, have the podcast named you know, the POP podcast. And then we had to find somebody, right? Like it was only a matter of time that somebody was going to be right, down with right, POP. Exactly. And then it was Jonathan Quinn. And yeah, you know, we got the, the hashtag out of that interview by plastic live fantastic. Thanks to his wife. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So we can talk about, so plastics, like that's like, the bad word nowadays, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously you probably deal with that all day long. Yep. Um, and so growing up around the industry, knowing the industry, being like so mm-hmm. intimately connected to the plastics industry, um, when somebody says to you, whatever the, whatever the comment is about yeah. plastics and packaging, um, kind of what, what do you, what do you talk about in terms of the like the sustainability components of it or whatever it is i'm sure you have to answer this question all the time so no it's um but it's important yeah what consumers want to know about exactly and so we've we've done a a lot of research into understanding the hearts and minds of consumers associated with with plastic sure um but a kind of a a funny story when you talk about the plastic being the bad word so about two years ago my wife and i were were at a wedding and we had met some people and she was explaining what I did and she said, well, yeah, he works for a, a plastics company. And they said, they, they kind of gave me this look like, how did you even get invited to this wedding? Right, right. We were in Florida. And how like, dare how, you, Like, sir? You're, you're, you're not allowed here. Right. And, um, and well, I, I started to, to kind of walk through why the, the positives that plastics has and, and while agreeing that I think everybody can agree that plastics and and all other materials in the ocean is is not something we support um but sure. mid-sentence while i'm doing this my wife chimes in and she goes no buy plastic live fantastic and so <laughs> because she made that comment i created a hashtag and, and i've had shoes uh, i got chuck taylor's made that say buy plastic live fantastic um because at the end of the day um, plastic does have a positive impact on everybody's life, whether it's uh, associated with, um, if you look at the impact that plastic has from a medical standpoint, from the impact that plastic has um, from a food and beverage standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many products that we get today that wouldn't be possible had it not 
bin for plastic. Okay. Um, it, it's even as simple as um, I was recently interviewed, and they asked, "Well, what's that one thing that you wouldn't be able to live, one plastic thing that you wouldn't be able to live, live without?" And it's and it's kind of a stretch, but it's your underwear. Your underwear have plastic in them. Yeah, sure. So everybody needs underwear. Um, so that's just one thing, but I know um, people who would disagree that everyone needs underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know some, fr- I know some guys at least in college that were. <laughs> um, maybe push back a little bit, but no, it's. Yeah. But but um, but I think the exciting thing is to be a part of the solution, to to finding new ways um, to be able for plastic to be recycled. Yeah, and he's got some Chuck Taylors with it. That's pretty dope. But, you know, his yeah. interview was more about the impact that plastic has on everyday life. And, you know, even though it's getting a lot of negative media attention, you know, people fail to realize how important plastics are to improving the value of our lives every day. Mm-hmm. It's very important to recycle and, and to dispose of plastics properly but we can't only focus on the bad or the negative aspects of plastics. Like plastics really have changed the way we live our lives. So he chose to focus right. on the positives of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jonathan has been a big advocate for the podcast as well. So shout out to Jonathan and um, you know, he's out there kind of moving and shaking in, in the industry. And I think one of the biggest things that I took away from this whole idea is that um sustainability and packaging is, is not a, is not a black and white issue. Um, you know, I've reached out to him on a number of different occasions, just about, you know, polyethylene, about plastics. And it's, while it sounds like a really easy thing to say, well, we've got to get rid of plastics and, and we have to only use paper. It's just not as simple as that. Um, you know, for, in, you know, for an example, food waste is one of the single greatest contributors mm-hmm. to greenhouse gases. Well, plastic actually helps reduce, you know, food waste. Um, and I learned that actually, so I interviewed Jonathan at Pack Expo and I learned that from uh, Pierre, who's the president of the world packaging organization. He was like, if we could just get some of these countries to start using uh, you know, some of these plastic-based uh, packaging substrates and we could prolong the life of food and not be wasting so much food, we would greatly reduce the amount of greenhouse gases we're putting in. And by the way, we'd feed a lot of really hungry people. And so just that whole, not just that conversation with Jonathan, which was great, but that whole time at Pack Expo really got me thinking a lot more about that whole idea of the, the nuance of sustainability. Yeah. And Sustainability ended up being a big part of our discussions uh, in episode 10 with Chris Davidson. Um, And it it Mm -hmm. really focused on the total life cycle of the raw materials used in in packaging. And in his instance, it was being involved with sustainable forestry, um, which leads into, you know, the wood needed for the pack, the paper part of packaging in that industry being that you you originally wanted to be a veterinarian uh how did this switch in 
an interest happened? I think it probably happened in the last couple of years in high school. Um, I, uh, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I was uh, in, in the last few years of high school. As I was thinking about, you know, what, what am I going to do as I, as I leave? And uh, my mother was a, uh, the headmistress of what would, would be an elementary school here in the United States. And she um, understood I was sort of, you know, confused, conflicted, not really sure where I should, I should think about going or what I should think about doing. She actually took me over to the United States Embassy where they held an annual career fair. And um, at that career fair, there was a booklet that spoke about all the different um, activities or careers you could do. And there was a page on forestry. And um, it sounded really interesting. It sounded like something that I'd like to do. I loved being outside. I used to go into the hills behind our house uh, and spend a lot of time back there with my friends, you know, just exploring. Um, and so I, uh, I, uh, I, I reached out to the forestry department and uh, got a, a summer job there. Um, that summer job, actually, I was part of a, of a team that was looking at experimental uh, high lead logging in the Blue Mountains, basically trying to use cable logging to reduce the impact of harvesting in, uh, on the soils. Um, as you can imagine, the mountains are pretty steep out there. And uh, in order to be able to harvest trees, uh, you have to be very sensitive to, to that you don't impact uh, soil condition as you do that. And so they were trying a new technique. And I was lucky enough to participate in that. I was, uh, I was actually a choker on the on the cable logging crew. So that meant I went down uh, into the areas where they were harvesting and basically uh, used steel cables to, to hook the logs up to the, to the carriage and have it hauled back up uh, to, the, to the roads where it was then loaded onto the trucks and taken, taken to the sawmill. So, you know, being a 16 year old kid and um, having an opportunity to, to be outside to, to work, um, you know, with machinery and, and, and um, just be a part of a team. I just really found that to be really exciting and, and sort of fulfilling. And that was the thing that really sort of um, made it clear that uh, forestry would be something that I, uh, I could enjoy. And, and to be honest, you know, I've, uh, I've been at it for uh, over 25 years now, almost 26. Uh, different aspects, of course, uh, working on the raw material side, working in the business, and now in sustainability. But it's been great. I've, I've enjoyed all aspects of it. Every single day is, is a learning experience. So I'd recommend it to anybody. Oh, that's great. It's uh, not very often that people uh, end up working in the field that they uh, envision <laughs> know, as a high I school student. I, consider, I do consider myself lucky. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely not the smartest people on that call. I mean, we're talking with a doctor. Right. <laughs> right. That guy got his PhD. Um, so it went him and then you, right? You've got your MBA. Yep. And then um, and then me. I just have my, I've got my undergrad uh, in, in business management. So I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> so on an education scale, it went, it went Chris and then you, then me. So I was, I was, I was not the smartest person on that call, but no, man, he was, that was such a great conversation. Um, you know, you and I have got to go to Jamaica now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize your love for coffee. Oh, dude. Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee is, it's ridiculously delicious. Um, and thanks to packaging, right? I mean, how yeah. else How else are you going to get, like, fresh beans from Jamaica 
to the United States for me to enjoy without wonderfully delicious, delightful packaging to get it there. <laughs> I suppose we could go that route. But yeah, um, his, uh, you know, just even his journey and, you know, falling in love with trees, just you know, climbing trees in the Blue Mountains and um, ending up getting his his doctorate in it is 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 pretty awesome and and to work for a company like Westrock that is is really trying to push the envelope uh, when it comes to sustainability and in forestry and paper products I thought was uh, that was that was a great that was a great time and a great interview for sure you definitely talk about you know really fitting with a career you know that that really was the career for him yeah yeah for sure. Well, that was it. Yeah, that was that was season. That was one. season one. It was uh, a very eventful season one. A lot of learning, you know, learning about for sure podcasting and you know meeting interesting people and becoming an interviewer. You know, these are right. all new things for me. Um, yeah, me too. And I look forward to season two where. You know, we'll be able to share some of the other interviews plus new interviews. Mm -hmm. We'll try to change up the format a little bit. Um, just polish it as we get to be better podcasters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I think that the, the basic structure is not going to change in terms of, you know, we definitely want to focus on people. We're, we're pretty clear. So, you know, we do like pre- episode phone calls and we'll let people know, Hey, this isn't a, this isn't like a commercial, obviously you're going to talk about what you want to do, but this is about you. You are a person and, and the people come before the, the packaging. And so, um, we'll certainly keep that going. Um, you know, if somebody just wants to send us money because you think we're awesome humans, then I'm sure there's a way that we could figure that out, but, Easy. uh, you know, <laughs> Easily, he says. <laughs> Easily, uh, but no. I mean, I think I think it's I think it's really resonated with a lot of people. I've gotten a a, a lot of really awesome feedback uh, from folks reaching out to me, mostly through LinkedIn. Um, you know, just saying, "Hey, it's cool." Like I'm totally nerding out on your podcast. Um, it's it's. I think we've kind of struck a little bit of a chord with people. Um, because there's there's now a way to have a voice to get your story out there, you know, certainly not to, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of people, but I think to a very, a very niche targeted audience of people, and we're all in this beautiful industry together, um, I think has actually afforded some people some pretty cool connections and some cool opportunities. And I'm excited to keep that going. Um, I know that you've been You've been in the uh, in the lab cooking up some maybe some new some new music and some different formatting and stuff like that. So, uh, yep, I'll definitely uh, refresh the music and you know maybe that'll be a season by season thing, just to uh, so from the musical cues you could tell which season it was from. Uh, oh yeah, and just freshen up the show. I like it. Well, cool. Well, I guess uh, this will be it. This will be our last episode for 2019. Um, I know that I'm looking forward to the holidays and me too. Getting some time with the fam and 
And then hitting the ground running in 2020. That's right. So I want to say happy holidays to you, Adam, and to our listeners. Um, you know, enjoy time with your family. My focus for these next couple of weeks will not be packaging unless it's oh. uh, wrapping paper. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely looking forward to uh, an exciting 2020. Yeah, for sure. And Good to set it better myself. All right. So signing off, People of Packaging Podcast for 2019, Season 1. See you.